Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One of our all-time favorite people here at Carriker and Smallman is the NFL Nation reporter at ESPN.com, Nick Wagner. He covers the 49ers. He used to cover the Rams here in St. Louis, but then he moved to the good side. And uh, it's great to have him with us on the Bar and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. We've always loved you. And, of course, we, we were uh, with you. We were uh, – Nick, I don't know if you've ever heard this. I think that when we were covering the Rams, we had Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> go on, go I, on. I, I think that we started to sympathize with our captors. We were there in that building. <laughs> And uh, we, we just didn't know better. And I, I think we were just stuck in the mud, as it were. You must see, feel so refreshed. You never saw, never covered playoff games here in St. Louis. It must be so cool to cover the 49ers the way things are going. Well, I, I will give you a slight correction. I did cover a couple of playoff games. My very, very first year covering the Rams, the 8-8 Rams. Those, okay. that, mighty, that mighty 2004 team that snuck into the playoffs. <laughs> somehow won a playoff game in Atlanta and then just got absolutely blistered by Michael Vick and company in Atlanta. And then I went just a, you know, just a scant like 16 years until my next playoff appearance uh, and, and got to see the 49ers search the Super Bowl. But yeah, I have, I have witnessed uh, over more than double now playoff games just in the last three years than I did in, in, you know, 16 years before that. So uh, certainly more fun to be doing it and, and to be able to check off uh, Lambo in January on the, on the old, uh, you know, sports coverage bucket list was, was a fun thing to do this weekend for sure. Well, Nick, let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy who the narrative around him was that he was good, not great, that the 49ers drafted his replacement in Trey Lance and didn't know exactly what his future was going to be, has continued to get it done. They have that overtime win versus the Rams to close out the, close out the season. Then he beats Dallas, he beats Green Bay, and he does all of it while leading the team with a injured thumb and an injured shoulder. How has the narrative around Jimmy Garoppolo changed over this stretch of games? Yeah, it's interesting, Michelle, because I don't know that it's changed that much. You know, I, I, people are just so dug in on this, right? Um, and and fans in St. Louis can remember what it was like when, uh, you know, Kurt Warner went through a thing with his thumb and, you know, the Mark, then Mark Bulger kind of emerged and people were taking sides and, you know, it was, it was a big mess. And there's, there's some of that going on. But, but here's where I think people have maybe come around to understanding what Jimmy Garoppolo is. You know, there's always this debate on whether quarterback wins is actually a stat. Like, should a quarterback get credit for the, for the wins he gets? But we've reached a point with Jimmy Garoppolo where the numbers are just so dramatically different when he starts versus when somebody else starts for the 49ers that you have no choice but to acknowledge there's got to be something to it. And what I think it is, and I, think, and I still think Jimmy Garoppolo is a fine quarterback. He's a middle-of-the-road NFL quarterback, starting quarterback. And that's fine because there's what? four or five quarterbacks in the league who are truly elevating the players around them. And everyone else kind of needs things around them to be good. Well, Garoppolo falls into that second category, but he's such a leader. He's handled everything this this year so well 
that I think you see his teammates rallying around him. They, they really believe in him. And when it comes time to, to make plays at the end of games, like you saw in week 18 against the Rams, he got the job done. And, and even the other night, he did not play well against the Packers. He had some bad luck early in the game where the, the Niners had some drops and they weren't exactly helping him out. But when they needed that drive at the end, to get, the, to get into field goal range and kick the game winner, he was able to pull it off. So I think that's kind of where it has shifted in, in some sense that I think people, even if they don't like Jimmy Garoppolo and they're looking forward to the Trey Lance era, they can appreciate what Garoppolo has done and the way that he's kind of become a, a fulcrum and a guy that, team, that the team rallies around and has gotten them to the NFC Championship game for the second time in three years now. Do you think with all that being said, Nick, that it's changed the way internally the 49ers may view the quarterback situation in the future? Not yet. Um, you know, I talked to some people there uh, last week and then the week before that, and, and this topic has, has come up a lot. And, and I think what's happening is, you know, I, I think if Jimmy Garoppolo goes out and plays really well this weekend and they get back to the Super Bowl, and, and if they win the Super Bowl, then I think that conversation maybe becomes a little bit more interesting in terms of whether he stays or, or they try to keep him around and figure out a way to, to go another year with him. But I always laugh, Michelle, because I've heard people nationally say, well, what, what are the Niners going to do if Jimmy Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl? It's like, I think the Niners would be okay with that. Like, <laughs> that's the best problem you could possibly have. So uh, I, I think, you know, if it comes to that, the Niners, yeah, it would be a tough decision, but they'd be more than happy to be in that position where they have a Super Bowl winning quarterback and a, and a young rookie that they're really excited about. But at least for right now, I think the Niners are still viewing this. And, and Jimmy Garoppolo himself has been very honest about this, that he's viewing this as kind of the last ride. And the, the great thing for both parties is, is the, the further they go into the playoffs, the better Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value is going to be, which the Niners are, would certainly be happy about. And also the more value Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have in, the, in, in terms of getting in his next contract, which if he does get traded, I think that contract would come along with that. So uh, it's a win-win for kind of all parties. And, and again, if, if they do win the Super Bowl, absolutely a problem the Niners would sign up for 10 times out of 10. Our friend Nick Wagner covers the 49ers for ESPN.com. And Nick, in this six-game winning streak for the 49ers over Los Angeles, the scores have been all over the place, 20 24-31, 24-16, 23-20, 31-10 earlier this year, 27-24 in overtime. Has there been a defining characteristic, characteristic in these games, a, a common denominator with the way the Niners play against the Rams that allows them to beat them all the time? I think, I think it comes down to this, and this is not to say that the Rams don't have this. It's just more that the Niners have it more is, is a physicality and a toughness. Um, and that's that's both the physical and the mental toughness that the 49ers seem to have kind of ingrained in them. And I actually just wrote about it this morning that I think it's the Niners, at least this year for sure, it's their defining trait, uh, their ability that no matter what happens to them, uh, they seem to just come in. I called it a sort of football rope-a-dope, you know, the, the old – the old Mike Tyson line, you know, everybody's got to play until you get punched in the mouth. Well, 49ers' plan seems to be to get punched in the mouth and then come back swinging as hard as they can. And, and that's kind of who they've been. And, and I think against the Rams, they feel like they have an edge in that way where, uh, you know, the, the Rams can come out and do what they did and put up a 17-point lead, but the 49ers aren't, aren't going to go away. And, and that's that, to me, I think the 49ers even believe that that is their advantage against the Rams, that they're just tougher than, than the opponent. And, uh, you know, I know after that, that game or before that game and in Week 18, George Kittle said it was going to be a body bag game. And the Rams were using that as motivation, like he was saying that, oh, you know, the, the you know the Rams aren't tough and they can't do that. He was just saying we think we're tougher than everybody, you know. That, that's and that's and that's kind of how they're built. And, and so um, I think that is the one maybe through line between those six games. But 
as you guys know, you know, you can you can spin a a, a wheel, a roulette wheel, you know, a hundred times, and every one of those hundred times, the chances of it turning up red or black are the same. So it doesn't matter what happened the times before that; it's still going to come down to the things that these games always come down to, which is turnovers and third downs and red zone and all those types of things. So uh, I think the 49ers do have a little bit of an edge. I think there's probably a little bit of a mental edge that goes with the winning streak. Uh, but certainly the Rams are in a position where they're, they're going to do everything they can to, to change that in a game that has more stakes than any of those previous sets. Last thing, Nick, one of my favorite things about the Niners, and I like a lot about what they are this year, but they lose D Ford, they lose Javon Kinlaw, and they still get after quarterbacks like nobody's business. But getting to Stafford is a little different with his release and obviously with his uh, receiver's ability to get open quickly. We, we saw it in the last game. Is that something that, because I haven't watched every 49er game, week to week, are they getting after quarterbacks? If they're not getting sacks, at least getting pressure? Yeah, this team is uh, particularly over the last six or so weeks uh, doing it better than anybody. And, and and what's fascinating, Randy, when you bring that up is, is Matthew Stafford is absolutely dynamite against the Blitz. So I think he's been better against the Blitz than any quarterback in the league this year, at least statistically. Something like 17 touchdowns and one interception when Blitz. His passer rating is off the charts. But the 49ers don't blitz. They, they blitz the third fewest amount of times of any team in the league, and they trust their front four to get after the quarterback. It is it is the foundation of their team, and if you look at the resources that they've put into that position, whether it's defensive tackle or defensive end, it's first-round picks all over the line, huge investments, guys like Eric Armstead, D. Ford, who they've given a bunch of money to. Nick Bosa will certainly get paid here in the next year or two when it comes to that. So their whole thing is if they can get pressure with the front four, which they have, and which they certainly did against the Rams, in week 18, it allows them to disguise coverages and do a lot of other things with their back seven. And they're not going to do that. They will, you know, he'll, he'll, Miko Ryans will dial up the blitz every once in a while. But the fact that they do it so rarely makes it a lot harder for a guy like Matt Stafford, who's even, who's really, really good against the blitz to, to kind of figure that out and, and get it going. So, yeah, that is another key. It's certainly the key to the game for, for the 49ers. It's what they want to do because cornerback is probably their weakest position. But a lot of that gets covered up if that front four gets a pass rush. And that's really what a lot of everything they do defensively is going to spin off of. Seems like the Bay Area has a few smart computer people. I'm guessing that San Francisco will find a way to get some some people into SoFi Stadium on Sunday. <laughs> Randy, I, I'm so amused by the whole, like, the, the, the Rams are going to limit ticket sales to L.A. County. First of all, can, can I, I don't know how much time you have, but yeah, I, you, I, you, I, go ahead. I just, okay, yeah, so the, the whole idea that they're only going to sell tickets to people in, in L.A. counties or whatever is just silly in the first place because it implies that there's a whole bunch of NFC championship tickets that are going to be available to the general public, which we, which we know is already not the case. But the other thing is, the 49ers have a ton of fans in Los Angeles. Let's not let's not pretend like the 49ers fans all just flew down or drove down from San Francisco for that Week 18 game, which, to, in my opinion, it was probably at least 65% 49ers fans at SoFi Stadium that week. And I say at least because I think that, that's being just a little bit generous. The other thing is, is most of the tickets that get sold for games like that are on the secondary market. I guarantee you StubHub and TickPick and Vivid Seats and all the other ticket places that I've never heard of don't have any such restrictions because guess what? They're trying to make money. So um, they, they can do what they want, and, and I, I certainly understand why they, why they want to at least try to limit it, but um, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. I've seen 49ers fans take over. Week, uh, I think it was week 16 in the 2019 season. They played in New Orleans. You remember that game? It was a tremendous game, mm-hmm. the Saints and 49ers down there. And the Saints have a great fan base. Uh, this is nothing like what, what the Rams are trying to build in L.A. right now. They have a great fan base. 
it was at least 50% 49ers fans. I'd never seen anything like it. Bourbon Street was just red all the as far as the eye could see. Um, so if, if that can happen, I guarantee you for a game with the kind of stakes that this game has and as close as it is and as many 49ers fans as already live in Los Angeles, I have a feeling it is going to be quite, quite red on Sunday afternoon. Nick, great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. Take care. See you. Nick Wagner, ESPN.com. Looking for holiday gifts for less? Come to Ross and say yeah to making your dollar stretch on name brand toys, clothes, and gifts. Get the gift of savings this holiday from Ross. Yes for less. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.